One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Okay, guys, we're going to continue our talk about the pure river of life and the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you and all around you. Um, There's a prophetic picture, I think, that the Lord really wants to reveal um, biblically. Um, And that picture would be established in you in the form of life flowing through you. And what I mean by that is at the very beginning of of the book, right, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, the Lord hunts down the darkness. He actually plants a seed. It says that he speaks into the darkness. The darkness cannot resist what the Lord speaks. And what the Lord speaks actually drives away the darkness like the light actually takes over, okay? And that's, a, that's a, the revelation of that is that when the Lord speaks, he, he's taking over, right? Jesus told the disciples and those who were following him, occupy till I come, meaning that you too operate from this mentality that you are not here to survive. You are here to take over. You are here to take land. You are here to dominate the landscape. Okay, and that's a mentality that a lot of so-called Christians lack in today's church. Um, Jesus didn't come for a powerless church. He came to impart the same mentality, the same dominating spirit, the same expectation of taking over into those who would follow him. Right. He said he would not leave us powerless. He said he would send us the Holy Spirit. And so this picture of the Lord actually searching out darkness in Genesis chapter one. And it says that he planted a garden. He didn't fear the fact that Satan was here on earth, that Satan was kicked out of heaven and that Satan was like this dominating creature, right? The Lord did not fear him. The Lord actually believed that what he spoke would dominate anywhere that he speaks into. And so he speaks, he actually search out, searches out darkness. He came to the earth with purpose to plant his garden, okay? And and so the analogy or the prophetic picture that is described there is that the Lord speaks into the earth. He speaks into the darkness where Satan resided, right? And still resides. He speaks into it and he purposely plants his seed. He plants um, what he wants to speak and, and cause to bloom, cause to bear fruit, cause to produce um, cause to occupy and take over the land, okay? And there's a whole lot of stuff that happens in between with Adam um, and the Old Testament, the giving of, of, of the law of Moses, um, the restoration, the power of Christ, and the release of the Holy Spirit back onto earth through Christ. And a lot of the stuff that you've, you've heard uh, from me in the last year um, actually, you know, paints the picture of all that together. And I encourage you to listen to it. But ultimately, 
you have this picture at the beginning where the Lord plants a garden and then a picture at the very last chapter of the book of Revelation, Revelation 22. Um, we talked last week about, you know, this river that is described and this river is actually a part of the garden, right? The garden that is flowing at the end of, of, of the whole book of, of Revelation chapter 2, uh, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 22, um, verse, uh, verse, yeah, verse number one, the Lord says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their forehead. There shall be no night there. Uh, they need no lamp nor light of the sun, meaning no nothing of the world. They don't need it because the word of the Lord, the light of God, um, gives them light, right? No matter how dark the world is, the Lord is describing here a picture of what it means to live in revelation, what it means to live, not just in words on paper. You know, a lot of people look at the book of Revelation as simply um, words on paper and a prophecy of what's going to happen in, um, you know, in, in, in the aspect of the world experiencing all of this destruction and judgment of God. But that's, I mean, if that's the feeling you have when you're looking at the book of Revelation, that's, that's a dark, that, that, that's a tainted view, okay? The ultimate picture is the Lord's garden dominating the earth, okay? And that's, that's the simplistic way um, I want you to think about this as we talk about this today, is the Lord at the beginning purposely sought out the darkness he plants, he releases his word, the Holy Spirit um, is present in the firmament and the Lord speaks and the garden is birthed. And that's a prophetic picture, ultimately at the end of the book, of no matter what season you're in, this river flowing from the throne of the Lord. If the Lord has set up his throne in your heart, right? Because you've been given a new heart. You've been given uh, a restored view. You've been given um, the power of heaven on earth, and you have the Lord dwelling in you. He has set up his throne in you. He has made his house in you, and therefore this river flows through you. So, so no matter where you walk, the prophetic voice of God speaks into the darkness, into the people around you, and you begin to plant gardens everywhere you go. You are a gardener, okay? That's, that's what prophetic people are. You're gardeners. You're actually looking for dark things, dark places. You fear nothing of evil because you know that the Lord has an answer, that he will show you the, his vision no matter where you go because you are assigned to continue the vision, the ultimate vision of the Lord, which is to plant his garden throughout the earth into the hearts of people. Okay. So I want to talk today about the concept of trees in relationship to the river. Who, who are the trees? Okay. Is that like a, is that like literally you're looking at trees in heaven? I, 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 I'd argue with you that that's not the case. Okay. 
no matter what concept you have of what heaven is, I want to connect the dots with you and the Holy Spirit. Because at the end of the day, Jesus sent one thing, right? He sent his Holy Spirit that you would never be alone, that you would always have this flow of power, this connection to the living God's voice. And wherever you go, you could change the atmosphere. You could change the landscape. You would become the one who dominates that place because you have the river flowing through you, right? Jesus said in John 7 that, uh, the, that the river would flow out of your belly, right? That's a, that's a prophetic picture, okay? So if you connect the dots with what's described here as the trees, it says that the trees have fruit in every season, meaning that they're always connected, they're planted at the river, they're flowing, or, 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 or the, the, because they're connected to the flowing river, there is always fruit in every season of your life. And I, if you haven't picked it up yet, you are the tree, Okay, you are a tree. In in John, uh, I'm sorry, in, in Isaiah 61, and this is how Jesus started his ministry, he decreed that the anointing was upon him, right? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free, release those who are bound in prison. Um, if you get down to, <clears throat> excuse me, if you get down to verse 3, in verse three, um, you know, the, the description is that you would be trees planted at the river. Amen. And these trees are supernatural. It's a description of somebody who is actually planted in the river, not just aware of the river, not just like you accept that the river is maybe 10 miles away and you can go tap into it. And that's a mentality that a lot of church folk have. They, they can tap into the Holy Spirit when they get into church or they can, you know, you know, come, come into the house, uh, the, the house of God, so, so to speak, and tap into the river. But that's not really the, the description of those who are in Christ. Those who are in Christ, uh, verse, verse 3, Isaiah 61, verse 3 says that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So it is the Lord that plants you, okay? How does he plant you? He actually baptizes you in the Holy Ghost and fire, and you begin to hear his voice, right? That is the receiving of dreams and visions. And whenever you hear his voice, he, he actually is the, the, the fruit producer. No matter where you go, you are, a, you are um, able to produce life. Where there is death, where there are demonized people, where there are people in need of healing, whether they're sick, whether they have no idea who Christ is, whether they absolutely reject Christ, because you actually are planted in the river, right? The river, the river empowers you to do supernatural things. You can walk into a place, have no fruit into your tree, on your tree, right? You walk into a place fruitless and you tap into the Holy Spirit and suddenly there is a harvest everywhere around you because you know how to tap into the Holy Spirit. And so this is a prophetic analogy. It's a picture 
of Jesus describing to you what you are, right? This is, a, this is the most powerful force on earth. You as a tree planted in the Holy Ghost, literally having root systems that are tapped into the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I guess the, the thing I'd like to challenge you on is how far away is the river in your life? Is the river of the Holy Spirit like right there? Do you know how to tap into it? And I've taught you, I've taught you um, the simplicity of how, how easy it is to learn to tap into the Holy Spirit, but you can't do it the way man tries to teach you, which is by memorizing scripture and doing religious acts and all that stuff. No, the Lord says, I will teach you in a more humiliating way by nothing you can produce on your own, but by producing the product of the Holy Ghost praying through you, right? The gift of tongues praying through you actually draws visions and dreams to flow out of you. And as you practice the way of the Spirit, you become dependent on it, right? You become, it's like a drug. It is, it is, the Holy Ghost is my drug of choice. It is what I live on. It is what I dine on. It is what I need. It is what I know. And what I know, I take to cities and nations. It's, it's, it's what I take everywhere I go. And when the Lord, because I'm tapped into the Holy Ghost, because I have a prayer life and, and, and I begin to pray, there is a connection with the Holy Spirit. And begin, he, he shows me visions about people. People weep and cry as they receive words of the Lord and their whole identity, their, their purpose, uh, demons driven out of them. People are healed. That is a product of a tree planted in the river, right? And you can walk into a place having no fruit. And when you're done three hours later, you just had an entire harvest season in one room because you tapped into the Holy Ghost. And so my question to you is, are you tapped in? Do you have a root system? Right. I mean, there's different types of trees. There's small trees that have very small roots. There's big trees that have roots that are just wide that don't go deep. Um, there's other, you know, there's all different types of trees. But I, I want to give you the picture. Um, Jesus actually talked about this. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how they appear. Right. He, he used the analogy of bearing fruit with the Pharisee. Um, you know, the Pharisees appeared righteous. They claim to produce fruit. And Jesus said, you have no fruit. You have no spiritual fruit. You have no life in what you produce, right? You put, you, you use scripture to put harnesses and imprison cells and death sentences on people. And he said, you, you have no root in you, right? And so my question to you is, what, what are your roots tapped into? Because it doesn't matter what's on top. The product on top is a function of your root system. And you can't lie in the spirit, okay? Jesus knows. You're, if you're not tapped into his Holy Ghost, Jesus knows. It's obvious, right? And prophetic people, when they walk into churches in different places, they know the, what the real church is versus the fakers, the, the one who are just sitting in pews, the one who are trying to appear righteous um, versus those who are tapped into the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you guys, you know, why do you have a prayer life, right? Well, the reason a person needs to have a prayer life is so that your roots are deep, that you are planted, that your roots 
go in all directions, that they, that they are wide, right? They are deep. They are spread in, in the depths of the soil, tapped into the waters that are supplied by this river. And if they are, you will produce fruit. It's not if, right? And, and the one other thing I want to share with you about a tree is it's the root system that grows deep before what appears on the surface grows big, okay? You will never have a big tree without a deep, wide root system. So think about that for a minute. What happens in your prayer life will dictate what the Lord calls you to do and whether it manifests on earth, okay? You will never produce the fruit of your calling, so to speak, without a deep, um, mature root system. And the symbology, yes, that I think that's a word. If, it, if it's not, I'm calling it a word now. But the symbology in that is that your prayer life is the foundation that produces the fruit in your life because it is in your prayer life that you learn to tap in on a daily basis. You learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. You learn to have visions on a daily basis. You learn to interact with the Lord. There's back and forth conversation. Dreams become proficient. Visions become proficient because you have tapped in to the Holy Ghost. Okay? And the importance of this um, I'm going to explain the importance of this um, because it is a, it is a way of life. Okay, um, King David, the ultimate psalmist, the one who lived in the presence of the Lord. Right? You, you remember the story in in Second Samuel chapter seven. The David was going to make uh, the father. He was going to make Father God a house, and the Lord's the Lord actually uh, awoke the prophet to go tell David and say, no, David, I will make you my house. And because David's heart was made to be a place where the Lord rested, right? That's a, that's a prophetic picture in and of itself of the giving of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said that, that his Holy Spirit would dwell in you, right? That's, a, that's the same a picture that when the father spoke to David and said, I will make you my house, right? And the blessing of heaven will come upon you. Um, David wrote Psalm chapter one in that revelation of the power of being tapped into the river of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And David writes this, uh, Psalm chapter one, verse one, he says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff in the wind that is driven away. Okay, so the prophetic connection point with what David is writing here is so amazingly uh, connected with what I just described as the father speaking into the darkness in Genesis 1 with the intent of planting a garden. And at the end of the book, the fullness of the Lord being 
planted in men, the seed of the Lord actually being implanted in men, and they become as trees planted in the river, right? Uh, the, the Lord purposely ends the book of Revelation. And not just the book of Revelation, but the spirit of Revelation that is imparted, that is uh, designed to be imparted into the hearts of the people. He, he paints this picture of what you really are. Okay. And so verse one, um, he's talking about counsel. You don't sit in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, who, who's the ungodly? I would say the ungodly is anybody not hearing the Holy Spirit. Okay. I don't care if your title is president. I don't care if your title is CEO. I don't care if your title is ditch digger. I don't care if your title is so-called prophet, so-called pastor, so-called evangelist, so-called uh, churchgoer, leader of men's group. I don't care what, I don't care what um, the world calls you, okay? It's what the Lord calls you, okay? And those who are counseled by the Holy Spirit are the wise ones. Wisdom and revelation only come from the counsel of the Lord, okay? In Isaiah chapter 11, um, it's a description of Jesus and the sevenfold spirit of, of the Lord resting upon Jesus. And it says that his delight is in the, in the counsel, in, in the um, hearing of the voice of the Lord. Okay, it was, it's called the fear of God. He actually knew the Lord's voice to such a degree that supernatural discernment, visions and dreams, and everything that I'm describing to you in this school of the Holy Spirit as the way of life, Jesus functioned out of that counsel. That counsel is the only way to life. It's only, I don't care if a person has the Bible memorized, man alone applies Bible knowledge in many wrong ways. It imprisons people, hurts people, breaks people, um, and the church is filled with broken people. You have to ask the question, why is the so-called church filled with broken people? And my answer to that is because it, they're not counseled by the Holy Ghost. Because if they were counseled by the Holy Ghost, life would come from those who are tapped into the Holy Ghost because they are a tree producing fruit, kingdom empowerment, healing, deliverance, and the supernatural comes from those who are connected, um, who are trees planted in the river of life. And David is describing here that that's a blessed man whose counsel is from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter. They don't get their counsel from, from the scornful, from sinner, from any so-called um, you know, system of the world leader. It doesn't matter. Verse two, it says his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on the surface, you, if, if you read into this and you study this a little bit, the word law there, um, on, on first glance is the word Torah. It actually means, um, it actually means the, uh, written scriptures. Okay. But that is actually not what David is talking about here. He's not pointing to written scriptures. Written scripture is a first level of defining the Lord, okay? What David is, also, what, what David is ultimately trying to drive us or reveal us toward here, the word law, um, the, the foundational uh, description in the Hebrew language of the word law, guess what? It means the flowing river. So 
David is saying here that his delight is in the flowing river of the Lord, right? The continuous revelation, the continuous spirit of revelation of the Lord, okay? His delight, he's delighted in tapping into the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the next verse says that you shall be as trees planted by the river, okay? So, David is not saying memorize the Bible. He's saying search and receive the Holy Ghost and tap into the Holy Ghost. Learn to pray in the Spirit and be counseled by the Spirit himself. You shall be as a tree bearing fruit in all seasons. You shall be one that the Lord calls to establish his garden everywhere you go. He's saying you will not wither. You will not prosper. They cannot kill you. They cannot cut you down. Okay? As a tree, they cannot cut you down. They cannot destroy you. They cannot rip off your branches because you are tapped in. Your root system with the Holy Spirit tapped into the river is what dictates your branches, what dictates the height of your tree, the width of your tree, the size of your tree is dictated by your root system. And if that doesn't get you excited, it doesn't matter what man can do to you. My goodness, if you grasp that concept, it doesn't matter what a system tries to do to you. It doesn't matter what the world tries to do to you. It doesn't matter if they try to force um, all these uh, government legislation things on you, try to get you to to be government dependent. Um, whatever, whatever the world tries to do to you, it does not matter. Why? Because you are tapped into the river of life and it is the river. It is your root system. Your heart, it, your heart is actually, um, a, if you can visualize a picture of the root system of a tree, literally searching out ways to get more water. That's, that is the, that is a reflection, a true reflection of a, of what the new heart is. How can I get more water? Because more water will produce a bigger tree, a wider tree, a more fruitful tree. Amen. You will not wither. You shall prosper in all seasons. Okay. And the connection point back to Revelation 22 is there is healing. There is deliverance for every season. Okay, the 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 um, the picture of the trees planted at the river in the book of Revelation is it says that you will bear fruit in all seasons. Amen. But here's the other kicker. Verse four. But the ungodly are not so they are like chaff. Who's the ungodly? That's every demonic assignment, every evil thing that is meant to destroy you, meant to cut you down, meant to uh, rip your heart out, meant to literally kill you. It shall not be so. It shall be as chaff as the wind drives it away. Amen. You cannot lose if you are tapped into the Holy Ghost. There is no such thing as losing if you are tapped into the Holy Ghost, no matter what season, I don't care if it appears like you are losing all of your finances, you are losing all of your friends, you are losing uh, things around you. It looks like things, it looks impossible. All I can tell you is if you are tapped into the river, come on, man, you gotta, li- you gotta hear me on this. If you are tapped into the river, that is what will dictate fruit in your season. Amen. Some seasons are easy. Some seasons, it's like the water just flows. 
But there's other seasons where you have to search him out in the night. You have to pray and fast like a wild man, like a madman, like a man possessed in need of water. Amen. Some of you are hearing me right now. Some of you are in that season. Like you realize that you are a, you, you are born to be a madman in this season that you will pray and search out the Lord day and night. And when you tap into it, it's like this shift. Like in a moment's notice, this water comes flooding in and suddenly you have vision. Suddenly you have dreams. And the Lord says, if I put my dream and vision in your heart, I came to plant something. I came to change something. I came to deliver something. So I'm here to tell you in the darkest hours of your life, the Lord has an answer. The Lord has a purpose for that time and season. The Lord has something he's doing in you and through you that will change your mindset and expectation in him through your prayer life that will set you up for the rest of your life. Amen. The deeper the roots, guys, the wider the tree, the bigger the tree, the more fruit that comes from it. Harvest is a result of the water. Amen. Harvest is a result of the water. So my question to you is, do you simply read the book of Revelation or do you dwell in the river? Because the punchline with the book of Revelation, there's a lot of descriptions. There's a lot of like, this is what's going to happen. Um, at the end of it, Jesus is portraying himself as this spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10 says that Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Okay. And he's described as the seed. Okay, this seed called the spirit of prophecy, meaning the dream and vision of the Lord, ultimately is in the river, right? And so this picture, there's a, there's a picture of, of uh, this tree actually being in the seed, okay? There's a scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but the, but the seed is the tree of life, okay? Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but the seed is the tree of life. What does that mean? That means if you get the vision of the Lord, if you are tapped into the Holy Spirit and you receive dreams and visions and prophecy, that seed, that word, the seed is the word of the Lord. The seed is the spoken um, rhema voice of God. If you receive that and hold that seed, that seed is a tree. It's not saying one day there will be a tree. It's saying that seed is the tree. That seed is the promise of the Lord and it is good as gold. It is, it is the, the million dollar note that is uh, the Lord promised in your bank account. It is the thing that the Lord spoke to you and said, you are going to go uh, do this. The, 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 whatever the Lord spoke to you, it is the tree. That seed, that promise that the Lord spoke to you is the tree. Okay. And that tree of life can only produce if it's planted at the river. And this seed is an important analogy. It's an important prophetic picture. This, in Psalm 23, it says that the seed shall serve him. It lines up exactly with Revelation 22. It says that the seed shall serve him. Okay? In, in uh, Revelation 22, it says that the tree bears, bears fruit. It says that um, there is no more curse. Um, and it says that his servants 
shall serve him. What is a servant? It's one who hears the voice that they become one with the seed. Okay, that seed um, is is very connected to your real identity. There's a you know there there's what I would call in in the modern day church today an absolute void of real identity. A lot of people think that they they take they take this worldly uh, view. And they come into the church and they try to achieve scripture. They try to achieve the conditions of the church. And that's not what what the Lord is really about. The Lord is actually um, shifts everything upside down and he turns people, um, equipping them in the Holy Spirit to simply tap in. And when they receive the Holy Spirit, they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. They begin to pray in the Spirit and they realize that their root system is a matter of of their own desire for the presence of the Lord. And the Lord gives people the ability to pray in the spirit, meaning to activate the river, to activate the nutrients needed to fulfill um, what the Lord is calling you to do. There's, there, it's like a whole new way of life. Okay. This seed shall serve him. What does that mean? Um, the seed itself is actually connected to the what the Lord specifically and purposely speaks to you about. Okay, what's He talking to you about? Because what He's talking to you about will be directly um, related to what your true identity is, what your purpose is, and and where you're going to go, what you're going to do, the seasons of life. All of that is connected to you hearing His voice. Okay, and you know, as, as a, I'll give you an example in, in, uh, oh, what was it? In the spring of 2013, um, I had been in a situation uh, up until that point where I was in a church for probably, uh, six or seven years. Uh, my gifting, uh, my prophetic gifting, uh, was nourished greatly. It, it, it blossomed, it flowered, um, I, you know, I could prophesy and do things uh, in my gifting that the church ended up falsely identifying me according to my gifting. And what I mean by that is, you know, I mean, our pastor um, very much believed in the Holy Spirit. And he, uh, you know, there was a group of us who were just chasing the Holy Spirit with all of our heart. And, you know, he'd, he'd do his preaching stuff. Um, and we, we had church, you know, two, three, four nights a week sometimes, but it was not uncommon that, you know, after his message on a, on a Wednesday night or a Saturday night, um, there'd be a group of 30, 40, 50 people waiting for prayer. And we would begin to pray, you know, we, we'd get out of church at nine, nine thirty, or, or, or the, the, the preaching would be over at nine, nine thirty, um, at night. And, um, Oftentimes, we would start what I called real church, you know, at that point, because the prophetic team, the deliverance team, you know, the people, the 30, 40, 50 people who stayed afterward, who were searching, they had issues, they had needs, they needed deliverance, they they brought kids, broken kids, I mean, just all kind of things, and we would begin to pray. We would wait on the Lord to, to, to speak and we would begin to prophesy and have words of knowledge and we would see the supernatural. I mean, we, we had demons cast out of, of witches. I mean, just supernatural things all the time. And so the church 
the church identified me as prophet. Now, I have a, you know, and I'm going to tell you a story here. They were partly correct, but they were really, they misidentified me. They identified me according to my gift, but not my call. Okay. In uh, the spring of 2013, um, driving down the road, I was actually on my way from Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania to Tennessee. Um, I'm driving and it was like Jesus literally stepped into my car in the passenger seat and he started to speak to me. And he said, he said this to me, he said, the church calls you prophet, but I call you evangelist. He said, your anointing is prophetic, but your calling is to go build and plant and equip people in the power of the Holy Spirit. And dude, it wrecked me. I mean, it literally, I mean, I could, I had to pull off the road. I'm sitting there crying on the, on, I mean, it literally shifted my whole thought process from being this house prophetic guy serving my pastor to, oh my gosh, the Lord is calling me. And when I, whenever I began to pray into this evangelistic call to use my prophetic anointing, but to step into my identity. And what I mean by that is I, I started to pray and ask the Lord a whole lot of questions about what exactly he meant when he said, they call you prophet, but I call you evangelist. How many of you know it's not what the church calls you, it's what Jesus Christ calls you. And that anoint, that anoint the, the anointing, let me put it this way, all the teachings I've done up to this point are really about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, about the equipping of you pursuing the Lord, your love for the heart of God, and utilizing the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of healing, the gifts of wisdom, the gifts of words of knowledge. Those are gifts for every believer, but that's not your identity. Okay, your gifting can flow at any moment, anywhere. All nine of those described gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, every one of you, the Lord is calling you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost um, and become proficient and know his voice and when to apply every gift in every situation. I've been doing this for 15 years. You can't, you cannot convince me otherwise. Okay. There, the gifting of the Holy Ghost is for every person. The confusion in the church is when they see somebody flowing a gift, they begin to identify them associated with the gift. And that's not necessarily true. Okay. And in my situation, the Lord specifically said, I call you evangelist. He said, there will be seasons where I call you to plant churches. I, there will be seasons where I call you to, uh, you know, equip thousands of people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and do those type of things. And I, I started asking, it was, it was like my whole world opened up. No longer was I just this guy inside the four walls of a church. The Lord was going to lead me to do many, many things. Okay. And so I started to ask questions around those concepts and he started giving me very detailed answers in dreams and visions associated with going to India, um, associated with um, other cities and different things that he was going to call me to do. And I mean, just in the last probably five or six years, I have, 
I have series of like where the Lord spoke to me about Kansas. And you've heard me here in the last few weeks talk about, holy heck, I got connected with this group in Kansas. Well, the, the connection point and the awakening of those dreams was basically me waiting for a phone call to go to Kansas, okay? And so I'm now connected to Kansas. But, you know, I have other seasons where the Lord spoke to me about Toledo, Ohio. He spoke to me um, about different nations. He spoke to me about Germany. Um, he spoke to me about different places. Um, and I'm waiting for them, for those seasons to come, but I hold them. Um, and just as an example, like with India, um, you know, the Lord used a nation on the other side of the world to so to so profoundly shake my false identity from me that you know you've you've heard you've heard me talk about how he uh came to me um in multiple dreams to India he said a man from India will call you to go um 7 days later i wake up you know 7 days later this guy from india calls me i say yes and from the moment i said yes there was provision, there were doors, there were, there were things that, that opened up connected to me saying yes to my call, okay? And I want to emphasize to you that, you know, when you say yes to a call, it is different than becoming proficient and expecting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to work through you. The church is actually supposed to be a practice place. The church is actually supposed to be a place where you care for each other, where you minister to each other, learning to proficiently hear the voice of the Lord. And when you proficiently hear the voice of the Lord, you can then become expectant in the Lord to reveal your true calling. Okay. And, you know, like when the Lord sent me to India in the last four or five years, um, you know, there has been probably over $200,000 that the Lord flew, just flooded from many, many different people and, and, and sources, including my own uh, supply into that. I've probably spent over $200,000 in me believing in the call of God on my life when he said, I'm sending you to India. Okay. You know, over 6,000 pastors baptized in the Holy Ghost, 150,000 plus people baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. Um, that, that was a result of saying yes to a calling. Okay. And I want to encourage you that, that that calling, when he begins to speak things and redefine you that confront your false identities, he's actually planting seeds in your heart. Okay. Visions and dreams and the voice of God is the seed. And I'm, I'm, I'm using this as an example because when the Lord sent me to India, he spoke to me and he gave me seeds. He planted seeds of vision and dreams about India, about specific men, about specific places in India. They were they, they are the fruit that came off me as a tree planted at the river of the Holy Ghost who speaks to me things that do not exist as though they do, right? That's what prophecy and, and, and dreams and visions are. They don't exist in the world, but the Lord speaks. He plants seeds in you. And if you become one with that seed, you then bear fruit in all seasons. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you center your life around... Um, tapping into the Holy Ghost, hearing him and being identified by him, you will never go wrong. You can't go wrong. It's actually rigged in your favor. It is 
um, designed for you to prosper in all seasons, okay? But I will tell you this, a lot of the things that you falsely identify with will cause a breaking of relationships, severing you from dead things that aren't supplying you um, in your calling. And I mean, as an example, um, in 2013, when the Lord spoke that to me and said that, uh, you know, the church calls you prophet, but I call you evangelist, you know, that was something that it was, it was supernatural and produced a, a supernatural thing. It was something that, um, in order to step into the calling and purpose of Christ, I had to be willing to walk away from false identities. And I didn't realize that I didn't know it at the time, but when I, when I uh, chose to tap into the Holy Spirit and the flow of the Holy Ghost that, that sent me on the path of my calling and purpose, um, in the season of going to India, I lost my pastor, I lost the church, I lost um, a lot of the relationships in the church, okay? Was that a bad thing or a good thing? Well, in a lot of ways, I mean, there, there was a lot of soul pain. My family experienced a lot of brokenness as a result of that, but I know what I heard. I know what the Lord spoke to me. And the and the and the evilness, the evil of the of the world, will test you. Okay, when Jesus heard the call of God on his life, it says the Holy Spirit led him into the desert, and in the desert, he was tested. When when Jesus was in the desert, right, one of his responses to Satan was, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word, every rhema, every seed." that proceeds from the mouth of God. Why? Because in that seed is life. In that seed is the tree for the next season that will produce fruit, right? And what was Satan trying to get Jesus to do? Satan was trying to get Jesus to literally um, abort the seed, literally neglect the seed, okay? If Jesus would have neglected the seed, no, it, it, he'd have been dead, right? It 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 it'd have been lost. It it'd have been for naught. Okay, and that picture is exactly um, what the Lord uh, describes in the parable of the sower. And I'll, I'll get to the parable of the sower in a minute. But you know, when the Lord called me to go to India, um, there was a there was a new season. India never would have existed if I would have given up the seed. If I, if you know, I when when I was going through the season of going into my pastor's office, and and again, my pastor depended on me. My pastor, you know, I was essentially I didn't get paid as a pastor, but I was a pastor. I I I was the guy at two a.m. casting devils out of out of a husband and wife who were ready to kill each other. I was the guy, um, you know, leading and developing prophetic uh, and equipping people on, Friday, on every Friday night, uh, 
you know, ministering to people. There are many Saturday nights where my pastor would be in bed at 10.30 and I, I wouldn't walk through my door until 2 or 3 a.m. because there were 30 or 40 people in desperate need of, of prophecy and, and deliverance and healing and just the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so I was a pastor. I, I was um, a leader in that church. And, and when the Lord says, I call you, the church calls you prophet, and I call you um, evangelist, the Lord was re-identifying me. And when I started to speak, you know, and tell my pastor and, and talk to them about what the Lord was going to do with me next, they couldn't see it. They could see me as prophetic Dave in the church, but they couldn't see me as the guy called to India. Okay. And because of that, um, the testing, even in deep relationships, I had to be willing to follow what the Lord was saying to me, willing to trust and believe that his seed is what would produce life through me and in me. I trust that he would keep my family, keep, keep my, um, my future. Um, I had, I had to follow. Okay. And this is, you know, what I'm describing Every one of you will go through in life. There is no getting around it. If Jesus had to be taken to the desert to be tested by Satan, do you think somehow you won't? That's called if you do. If you believe that you you, you that you're supposed to just you know confront and fight Satan and everything's always going to be hunky dory. Put it this way: the presence of broken relationships doesn't always mean a bad thing in your life. The Lord will actually separate you for for purposes and times and seasons by the things he speaks to you not only to test you but to heal you and set you into what your true identity and purpose really is okay and this process is um, actually described in the parable of the sower and Jesus makes a very important statement in the parable of the sower I'm going to use the version in Mark 4 um to to describe this but this is very foundational in your walk as 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 you make the choices either to follow to chase after what he is saying and then to follow what he's what he's saying trusting that you will bear fruit only in what he says okay so the parable of sower starting uh, mark 4 verse 10 but when he was alone those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable and he said to them to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing they may not see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And Jesus goes on to say, he, he says that... Um, all, you know, he's, he says that the kingdom is in understanding this parable, okay? If you don't understand this parable, you don't understand the kingdom, okay? And so what I'm going to describe to you here is the, is the real kingdom. It's not what the, the false church, the powerless church, um, you know, all these powerless churches that many of you have been heard in, you're looking, you're searching, um, you can't find the Holy Spirit in places, 
Um, it's because there's a, there's a lot of false, okay? There's there's a lot of fake identity churches that are just out there, you know, designed to to get money, designed to, um, you know, just be a nice place to meet. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the Lord the Lord literally um, simplifies it into believing what He said because the war is actually in you believing what He says to you. Okay, Jesus says, starting in verse 14, he says, the sower sows the word, the seed, and these are the ones by the wayside that the seed, the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the seed that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time right? They have, no, they have no roots. They can hear it, but they don't take root. They don't tap in. They don't become one with the seed, okay? And just for, prefer, just for reference here, the Lord is not talking about written scripture. He's talking about prophecy, dreams, and visions. You actually hearing the voice of God, that's what the seed truly is. Jesus is the seed, Little seed are the words that come out of Christ's mouth, the rhema word of the Lord. The vision and dream of the Lord is what produces the supernatural in you, okay? Not scripture, like many people, they try to teach this and they try to point back to scripture. Well, scripture will never reveal your true identity. Scripture will never um, specifically identify that you um, are, are an evangelist that you are called to go to India, that you're going to be called uh, to, to build a school in, in Toledo, that you're going to be called um, to awaken and equip people with the battle bow in Kansas. Those things don't exist in scripture, okay? So to, to believe that this, that this parable is about scripture is, is absolutely wrong. This scripture is about what Jesus said in the desert, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word, every seed that comes out of the voice. Why? Because it is from the seed that the garden was planted way back in the book of Genesis. And it is in the book of Revelation chapter 22, where there is a description of the ultimate garden, right? The river flowing through the Holy Ghost, which you've been given, the Holy Ghost is flowing in the garden, and if you're tapped into it, there will be fruit in all seasons. That is the word of the Lord. That is his promise to you, okay? So, you know, I'm going to just, just jump in. You know, there's four different places where the, the seed is sown, and there's only one which takes root, right? There's only one that takes root. It grows up into a tree, and it bears fruit. Jesus talks about bearing fruit. Verse 20, he says, but these are the ones sown on good ground, meaning your, good, your heart is holding on to that seed. You will not let it go no matter how Satan comes to tempt you, no matter how many broken uh, relationships, no matter what, you are still holding on to that seed. Why? Because um, those who hear the seed, those who hear the word, accept it, they bear fruit, some 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. You are a tree planted by the river, bearing fruit in all seasons, producing the supernatural. You are a product of the seed. And so hope deferred makes a heart sick, but the seed is the tree of life. 
Are you hearing me? Hope deferred makes a heart sick, meaning that you there's all kind of religious people. There's all kind of broken feelings and all this stuff. But if you simplify your life and you center your life around the seed is ultimately a tree, the vision he gives you is ultimately a, a tree bearing fruit in all seasons and producing the supernatural, right? Do you know that one, one seed is a tree and that the fruit that comes from that one tree has the ability to plant hundreds of gardens? Are you with me? Are you listening to me? Do you realize when I said yes to the Lord and I, I, I bought my plane ticket and people start giving me money and um, I land in India and the next thing I know, four years later, I have over 6,000 pastors praying in tongues and now prophesying and seeing supernatural signs and wonders everywhere they go. That would have never happened if I'd have said, you know what, my pastor says that I'm just a I'm just a prophetic guy and all I'm going to do is sit in this church for the rest of my life in West Virginia and help people. And don't get me wrong, if that's all that would have ever come, that that would have been fine. I was actually happy. But the Lord had a different plan. The Lord spoke and the Lord says, this is how I identify you. This is what you really are in Christ. And this is what you are going to do. Okay, that seed is the tree of life. That seed is your heart tapping into the Holy Ghost, believing the vision and dream of the Lord and flowing, meaning that your life flows out of that seed. Amen. And so let's just let's just finish up with this last thing here, guys. Um, it may sound complicated, but it's actually the most simple thing you could ever do. What's complicated is all of these false connection points that you have with the world. Satan uses all false relationships. He uses all perceptions of where you're going to get your money, how you're going to live, how you're going to overcome. And the Lord says, no, no, if you believe me, if you hear me, I am your provider. I am your deliverer. I am your healer. And my seed, meaning my vision, my dream, my prophecy that I plant in your heart will become a garden if you hold on to it. If you, if, if you don't let Satan come and steal the word, steal the seed, right? You will bear fruit. Not if, you will bear fruit. You will, if you believe the prophecy, if you believe the vision he spoke to you, the dream that he planted in you, you will bear fruit. Not if, you will. So do not leave go of the dream. Do not leave go of the vision. Don't leave it go. Satan has one job. All, all the destruction and everything in the world is, that's, I'll call it fluff. It's real. But it's fluff. You know why? Because I'll go back to the book. Genesis 1, Revelation chapter 22. The garden is planted in the middle of darkness. It appears that there's no reason for it but to take over the earth. Do you get it? He planted the garden with the intent to take over the earth. 
And the book of Revelation is a picture of somebody who laid down their life, who chose not to believe the powerless church, who chose not to believe the falsities of the world, who chose to believe that the seed, the dream the Lord planted in their life is a tree and it will bear fruit in all seasons. Not if, but will. So the challenge to you is to believe. To believe in the one thing that has the power to produce life. And that is the vision, dreams, and prophecy that the Lord is pouring out in your life. Right? In, in Ephesians, and, and if, 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 you, if you learn to pray in the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. And you learn to seek wisdom and revelation around the concepts and the things that the Lord is speaking to you about. You are a tree. You are, you yourself, you are a garden. You have the ability to change your life, to change your children's life, to change your husband or wife's life, to change the place of work, to change um, cities, to change entire churches. Listen, I walk, I have, the Lord called me to walk into three, four, five hundred thousand member churches that had no Holy Ghost that believed in nothing about the Holy Ghost. And when I was done with them in an hour, having hundreds of people weeping on the floor, praying in the Holy Ghost, overcome by the presence of God, saying, why have we never felt this before? What is this? Okay? One person can change a, a, a church, change a workplace, change a home. One person who hears God. Your, your only issue is hearing his voice and being tapped into his spirit, getting your life from him, okay? And Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. He's, he, he's describing a person who is re-centered on the spirit of revelation and not trying to learn their way to Jesus, okay? There's no such thing as learning your way to Jesus. You can't go to church enough, okay? But one encounter with the Holy Ghost gets you to Jesus. It gets you the ability to tap into the Holy Spirit. And Paul puts it this way in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing Him. Okay? Not knowledge about Him, not scriptural knowledge about Him, in you actually knowing Him. That's what that word means. It's the word genisco. The Greek word genisco is the word um, knowledge, meaning you know him continuously. You, the river flows through you. The river of God flows out of you. And out of this picture of connection, he says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, being enlightened continuously, not knowing about him, but being enlightened continuously. If you are tapped into the Holy Ghost and you wake, or you're waking up every day, with an expectation that you enter your prayer life to be enlightened, that's completely different than you having a memorization of a book. Jesus never called you to memorize a book. He called you to tap in, to grow a root system and tap into his Holy Ghost so that you would be enlightened by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Do you know that you're, if, you, if you believe in Christ, you are a saint and you have the ability to tap into the seed of all seeds, that Christ is known as the, the seed. And the seed, the tree, 
Christ as a tree produces seeds, right? You receive prophecy, dreams, and visions. And in that, you discover your calling. What is the hope of your calling? Every one of you listening to me right now are going to encounter the Lord supernaturally in the next six months like you've never encountered him before. You know why? Because the Lord specifically told me to talk about this today. He specifically told me to speak to you about the seed of life, about um, the hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a seed. Those who hear his voice are a tree producing fruit in all seasons tapped into the Holy Ghost. And I'm prophesying over you right now that those of you who cannot hear him, who don't know what you really are, who are just toying around with the gifts of the Spirit, you will in the days, weeks, and months ahead be brought into heavenly encounters. Your true calling in Christ will be revealed to you and your in the glory of his inheritance in you is going to be received. What does that mean? That means that there is, there is growth in you. There's inheritance of the kingdom of God, not only for you, but the saints, the believers who will come to Christ through you. Why? Because seeds of life, the true calling of Christ being revealed in you, you're not going to let it go. You're not going to let Satan steal that seed out of your heart because you have simplified your life and are going to believe that prophecy, believe that dream, believe uh, that vision that he gave you. And you're going to ask more questions. He's going to give you more dreams. Satan's going to come at you and try to take it. That's just evidence that it's real, that, that the seed of life is real. The only thing that can produce a garden in a dark place is the seed. It's not guys repeating scriptures. It's not guys, well, you know, handing out Bibles. It's people prophesying and planting the vision of the Lord in the darkest places on earth. And suddenly, um, years down the road, there are, there are churches, there are cities, there are places of prosperity because of a, of a man going to a dead, dark place with the intent to plant a garden. That's you guys. That is you. You are called to, to prophesy. You are called to cast out devils. You are called to lay your hands on people, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to do the supernatural. You are a gardener of the Lord. You are called um, as a tree to, per, to plant seeds in the ground with the expectation that those seeds will themselves become trees. When you prophesy to a person, you are putting seeds of life in their heart. Amen. You are putting the seeds of the supernatural kingdom of heaven in their hearts. And it says that the darkness cannot stop the light. The light will overtake it. The garden will be established and, and the occupation of the kingdom on earth will grow and grow and grow. Why? Because you believed. One person believed that the Lord said, I ca the, the church calls you a pro prophet, but I call you evangelist. You are going to go around the world and release this prophetic thing. You're going to equip people in this prophetic thing. You're going to go to Kansas and call people to, that have never prophesied to, to suddenly begin to prophesy because the, the Lord says in this season, I'm putting the battle bow in your hands. You're going to pull down dragons. You're going to open heaven's doors and you're going to establish a church as my army they are going to be garden planters in Kansas, in Missouri, in Ohio, in California, in Florida, and to the nations of the earth. That is what one person who believes in prophecy is going to become. 
Amen. And that is what Paul is describing here. I pray that you may know the hope of your calling in Christ, that there is glory in and an inheritance in you prophesying, in you healing the sick, in you raising the dead and doing the supernatural. Amen. So Father, I just, I pray for every person listening to me, listening to this message. I pray, Lord, that the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost would begin to remove the lies of powerlessness, remove all the false identities and things people have pursued. Lord, I pray that the dreams and visions and prophecies that are in the hearts, Lord, of the people hearing this, the one, the very thing that has the power to, to produce a garden, Lord, because they're tapped into the power of the Holy Ghost, the river of life. Lord, I pray for the spirit of revelation to come upon them and increase right now. Lord, let the power of revelation and wisdom, Lord, flow into them right now. Lord, I pray um, that the revelation of the fullness of the kingdom of God is in this one parable of the fight between the seed and Satan. Lord, and as you prophesied, as you decreed that the seed would crush the head of Satan, right, Lord? You said, Genesis, Lord, chapter 3, that the seed, the seed, the seed called Christ would crush Satan's head. Lord, and as dreams and visions and prophecy, Lord, are mingled in the hearts of the people that they would not let it go. Lord, that the root systems... The deep, wide root systems tapped into the river of life, Lord, would hold on to those prophecies, dreams, and visions, and they would become as a tree planted. Lord, that their trees um, would, would be like, like the, the big oak trees, Lord, like, 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 the, like the trees that, that uh, bear fruit, Lord, in all seasons, that they would be like the pine tree, Lord, that they would be, um, that they would, you know, bear the supernatural fruit, Lord, that they, they would be wide and high, Lord, and that no wind would blow them over, but the wind would blow the chaff, the demonic away. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for the power of the Holy Ghost and the simplicity of believing and following the vision and dream and prophecy of the Lord. I pray, Lord, that the callings that's upon their lives, Lord, that their callings, I, I, I call them forward right now. Lord, things that have been hidden, things, Lord, that um, have not been allowed uh, to, to be brought forward, that Satan has actually covered up with dirt, Lord. I, I just, I just with the shovel of God, I just remove that dirt right now in the name of Jesus. And I decree that every person listening to this will hear your voice, Lord, speak to them in what they are called to do, where they're called to go, that they would trust, Lord, that you would cause them to produce fruit in all seasons. Lord, I just, I just release this grace upon every person Right now, let the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, penetrate every form of brokenness and despair. Lord, I, I command um, the prison door open right now in Jesus' name. I command the spiritually blind to see in the name of Jesus. I command the broken heart people who have, who have experienced brokenness in churches, especially in churches, in the, in the false church, Lord, I just release healing upon that upon them right now. I just feel the Lord on this right now, guys. The, the Lord is here to heal you. There are people listening to me. You know, I've been ministering in many different cities here in the last probably four or five months. 
And one of the themes that, that is coming forward is the degree of brokenness and false understanding of what it means to be a Christian is littered throughout the American church. And I believe that through this sim simplification of what the kingdom really is, that the kingdom is about you hearing the voice of God, the seed that has the ability to produce a garden, that seed, the Lord is going to heal you as he speaks to you in the next days, weeks, and months. He is going to heal your heart as you become properly identified according to Christ. You are going to be healed in all the... The things that you have carried, the anger, the resentment, um, the being taken advantage of in church, being left orphan, being you know left for broke, not cared for, all those lies, all the pain, all that real pain is literally going to be washed away from you, washed out of your heart. Your hearts are going to be healed as the voice of God is made known to you. So Lord, every person who... who, who Let's, let's just do this. Lord, every person who has never been baptized in the Holy Ghost and does not pray in tongues, Lord, I pray for the fresh baptism of fire to come upon them right now. Lord, I pray for every person, um, Lord, to begin praying in the Holy Ghost. Lord, to learn how to simply tap into the Holy Ghost and to pray uh, with fervency and that the, that the root systems would, would grow wide and deep, Lord, that their fruit may be supernatural in the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, let every person, Lord, just grow tremendously in the coming weeks and months. Lord, let them grow tremendously as their life has been simplified in following what you have said about them. Not what the world has said about them, but what you have said about them, how you identify them, Lord. And I pray that they would be a garden that they would bear much fruit because they become the tree that is already in the seed. The tree that is already in the seed of prophecy, the seed of visions, and the seed of dreams. Lord, that the tree would come forth in this season for the healing of their own hearts and for the healing of every uh, person and organization that, that they are connected with. Lord, let this vision come forth now. In the name of Jesus and for every person who has never prayed in tongues, Lord, I pray, activate it. Activate that gift. Let the fire of tongues come upon them right now in Jesus' name. Come on, pray with me, guys. Come on, tap in. Come on, guys. I encourage you. I'm going to end this message now, but I encourage you, put on your prayer word worship put on uh put tap in tap in right now decide you're going to tap in that you are going to pray until he speaks until you hear him and the seed of life is going to change you that you would step into your high calling in christ and become who he says you are not what the world has wrongly defined you as but what he says you are lord i just i pray for every person that you would tap in and find out who you are in christ come on church pray Pray, pray in the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. 
D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestonesministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Transfigured, The Call of the Horseman to Awaken the Church, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.